Welcome one, welcome all to episode 193 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Sunday, September 3rd, 2023. I'm your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. Normally, I am joined by my co-host, the intrepid Captain Logan, but subbing in today, we are fortunate to have Mr. Badbit, host of the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast. In this episode, we discuss Starfield's arrival and the review discussion controversy that comes with it. Xbox has a new director of partnerships in Japan and subscription prices are going up. As always, we hope you enjoy the show. Joseph Moran, we like yeah. to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. You ripped me away from Starfield, you son of a gun. I apologize, but I appreciate you. Logan's internet out and they're being real slow to fix it because it's a holiday weekend. I hate it for him. Which, he, he's got 24 hours in Starfield. Yeah. Like he's he was. Ready. Oh, he's he's been in. Mm -hmm. um, which like Labor Day. Is it a holiday? You know, know. It's a, do you have off on Labor Day, Luke? I do. I do have off on Labor okay, Day. Okay, I guess it counts. And a lot of states will start school after Labor Day. That's like their yep. thing. Yeah. Um, we started last week um, and I've been doing work days and stuff beforehand. But, yeah. you know, either way, I hate it for him because we got our code. We, we did get a code provided to us, but it came in like a few hours before early access. He yeah. was excited excited because he took off the whole Friday. So he got to start playing wow. and go. He's 24 hours in plus yeah. at this point, um, whereas I'm only four hours in. Um, maybe no, no, six to eight hours in. Um, yeah, I'd say you'd be say. playing more than me. Yeah. yeah. Lots and to I, say. Lots to say. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, we like to start the show with words of kindness. Those have made our gaming weeks better. Uh, Joseph Moran, I invite you. Who's made your gaming week better? You know what? We don't. Every time we talk about this company, it's always like, you know, the good old days, but like they're always like the enemy. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. I want to shout out GameStop for a second. Oh. Now you go, how did GameStop make my gaming life better? Well, I, it, there was an excellent trade in offer okay. and I got me a uh, Spider Man PS5 shout out. Okay. Uh, okay. For like under like 300 bucks. So okay. like, like it. Uh, and then I was like, I'm also getting Starfield mm -hmm. on top of that. I got the premium edition. Look at this beautiful steel bookcase. Oh, I know. Same. It. It's really pretty. It yeah. is really pretty. Like and then, you know, the employee came up to me. He's like, there's only one of these that we have. Mm -hmm. So they're like, this is the only one. Like, you're the only person that pre-ordered at the store. And, you know, so like if someone came in, like, ooh, we sucks mm -hmm. to be them. Mm -hmm. And he's like, now we have a whole bunch of these things in here. Look at this. Oh. And he's like, I don't know if these are for the employees or not. Now, for audio listeners, this is a Starfield lanyard. Did you get two? No, I only got one. Oh. So, the, so he's just like, I don't know if I can give this lanyard or the pin away. Let me get the pin. Let me get the pin. It's right behind me. I'll tell you yeah. right now, listeners, I want that lanyard. So... He's like, and this pen, it's actually a really nice pen. And he's like, I don't know if I can give it away, but he's like, I have no interest. 
And uh, so you can have mine. And he just gave me the lanyard as well as the pin. And then I want to shout out uh, our good friend, Kevin Ainsworth. Yep. Love him. Okay. Yep. Host- we were actually exactly. on his show this past week. Yeah. And I won his giveaway. You did. I won his giveaway so I could get Starfield early. Now, shout out to Kevin. He gave me $100 of like Xbox, mm-hmm. you know, like credit to go out there and buy the $100 edition. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't know that. It was, like, I just thought it was like the premium edition of the game. Mm-hmm. So when I got that, I was like, oh, this is too much. I feel I, like I, I kind of feel bad because I already have Game Pass. Like, you know, it's only, sure. it's only 35 bucks at the end of the day. So because of Kevin Ainsworth's generosity mm-hmm. um i was able to give two more copies of the premium upgrade edition away mm-hmm. one to our good friend study and one to our mutual friend uh kevin who's just all right yeah and he makes the thumbnails yeah he does make good thumbnails but yeah, yeah. that's awesome man that's a good feel good all around and i am right? jealous because that that i just bought a new lanyard for school and it just says xbox on it i really want that starfield one Tell you, it's Ooh. it's gonna go in my collection. I got a collection of these bad boys. Oh it's gonna go God. right next to my Skyrim one. Uh, it's beautiful. Like I, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be this excited about a lanyard, but I'll tell you <laughs> what, like I really am. Like I'm gonna have to go on Amazon or eBay yeah. for this one. So, uh, so if I die unexpectedly, is it the lanyard or the Spider-Man statue? Spider-Man statue, because I've got okay, Spider-Man so. Two statue coming. Um, yeah. Yeah. Listeners, unironically, if Joe dies, I get his Spider-Man statue. Uh, he had a close call with COVID and I wanted yeah. something to remember him by. Yeah. So that was it. Um, yeah. So, you know, here we go. Rooting for the virus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pre-show. Hey, keep this PG-13, this guy. Jeez Louise. <laughs> um, I, I want to take a minute to give several shout outs, if you don't mind, because similar okay. to you, getting to give away some copies our patreon community really came together and supported one another uh matthew kennedy uh he was good enough to give me a starfield code for upgrade which uh, went out to one of our patrons clint combs did the same thing in our discord so uh, that's two copies of uh starfield upgrade edition that people are now playing starfield ahead of official launch right early mm-hmm. access but it's still the launch um which was really cool to see because they were just helping each other out hey i've got an extra who you know nice. uh, that was fun matt valdez he gave me he gifted me a, an extra copy of the making of karateka based on my interview Ooh. um that i have to give away if anybody's interested in that uh and money's tight please shoot me an email and then i'll just you know distribute it um but if you're interested in the making of karateka that's a really good piece of gaming history shoot me an email um i've got that extra code and happy to distribute it to someone who's interested and then we were able to give away a copy of the new tmnt dimension shellshock dlc uh, which is really good by the way not just as my like fanboyism because i love tmnt yeah it's genuinely very good and anubis won that and he's an amazing supporter of xcp so it was like Give, give, give. I saw so much generosity in our community, and it reminded me, Joe, something that you and I work really hard to do is cultivate positivity in our community. Mm-hmm. No console wars, no actual vitriol. We don't we don't tolerate that. And it was just cool seeing all the people being kind. And I, I yeah. watch your Discord from time to time, and it's, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it makes me really happy. You do it a whole lot better, though, because I got, like, again, I got the premium edition, like, physical, so I, I, just, I was just like, let me just hop in my Discord for a second. Let me just throw it out there. First person that gets it. <laughs> good luck to you all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I love the good vibes, right? Like yeah. tentpole titles on social can sometimes really cause people 
angst and frustration. Oh, you don't think so? You, you think so? <laughs> yeah. It's so frustrating. Oh, but oh. like when you surround yourself with the right people, everybody's just celebrating. And that's yep. cool. That's yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I want to do a quick bit of housekeeping and our Patreon pitch. Uh, if you missed it, last week we put out an interview with Stephen Frost from Digital Eclipse about the making of Karatika, which is an incredible documentary, uh, interactive documentary with prototypes and gameplay uh, from Jordan Mechner, who created Prince of Persia. So it's a really neat bit of a gaming legacy there. The Shredder's Revenge DLC for Dimension Shellshock has been recorded and goes up this Wednesday at 6 a.m., so I hope you guys will check out that. And uh, if schedules hold, I'll be talking to Brett Robbins of Immortals of Avium, uh, which I'm looking oh. forward to. If, if the schedule holds, uh, you never right. know. Some things change and, and whatnot, but I'm looking forward to distributing that. And I've got uh, a creator talk that I'm really excited to share, but she's in Australia, so we've been trying real hard to schedule. So, Crikey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you are interested in supporting XEP over on Patreon, it helps keep the lights on and the content coming. And as you know, we like to shout out our tier two and three patrons. Uh, it means the absolute world, and we really appreciate you. I'm going to read these names. Joe, we often like to <clears throat> lip sync. So while I'm reading, your job is to lip sync this bad boy. Gotcha. And see if you can. I just want you to know what was the line? It keeps the, the lights on keep... and the content coming. It's original. It's yeah. all original. Yeah. What, what do you mean? What's, what's, what's this bother? No, you? I. What do you mean? No, you, you said to keep it PG-13, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, keep it PG. Oh, you jerk. I was like, because I sort of ripped <laughs> off that line from you. So I was like, eh, you know. no, 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 no. I just, you know, got to yeah. keep it PG-13. Yeah, keep it PG. Keep Would it be on my show? You know what I'm That's saying? That's right. I get it. I get it. All right. Uh, our tier two and three shout outs for the week are <clears throat> Robbie Bobby Miller, Silent Cypher, Xbox Skittle, Steel Rain, Matto 1606, Randalthor 19, Silkenet, Rick Gaffney, Zach LeCoulter, African aka Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime 33, Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, The Lord Sir Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers aka The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero and Dano12. Thank you guys for supporting XEP at tiers two and three. We absolutely appreciate you. Look forward to tier uh, three patrons getting your Xbox wrap up all about Starfield. Uh, super excited for that one. Now, whew, all that out of the way, Joseph Moran, there's yeah. been a lot of news this past week. Oh boy. A lot of news. Yeah. It's, it's been good. And it's been, I think, interesting news which I've really appreciated. I'd like to start first with uh, Xbox's hiring of a new director of partnerships in Japan uh, okay. before we get to our Starfield discussion, because I think this is a really neat thing that they have done. Xbox hired, uh, and I, I'm sure the pronunciation isn't fully accurate, but Mina Sato Kato or Mino Sato Kato. I, can, I don't know for sure, uh, but she will be responsible for leading partnerships worldwide for Japanese publishers in Japan at Xbox, which mm. I think is a really great hire uh, for a couple reasons. First, she previously worked for Sony as the VP of mobile business for just about eight years, uh, right up until 2021, meaning that she has a number of contacts throughout Japan. She's well uh, liked and established. She has a pedigree that people will respect. And if Xbox is continuing to try and build relationships in Japan, this is a good thing. 
I appreciate this, particularly given uh, the work with Tango Gameworks and several other Japanese companies from Sega and Atlas uh, to even now Square Enix, right? The new relationship Xbox has forged there. I think this is a really good sign. Uh, they are charging her uh, with, with working with Japanese publishers at a global scale, and she expects this new role uh, to be a new chapter in which she will be unlocking new experiences in the game in industry, end quote. Um, I'm excited by this. Where yeah. Did this hit you differently? Uh, we're seeing Xbox legitimately try to make strides in Japan again. Um, you know, it, it, it seems like they've tried multiple different angles of how to like crack this nut mm -hmm. and it seems like now they're m maybe finding their rhythm back in terms of like you know regaining partnerships in square enix strengthening those of that of like sega right when sega is just like yeah out of all of them xbox is our closest partner like they're, they're great to work with mm -hmm. you know those are things that you want to hear at least the reassurance of if you're an xbox gamer you know when phil comes out there and he's like you know we're going to try our hardest to get you know, all the Final Fantasies back on the Xbox platform. That's really awesome to hear. I love Final Fantasy 16. Mm -hmm. uh, humble brag. I love it so much. That I bought the special edition controller because I have a problem. And I think you uh, had Ben Starr on your show as well. We had Ben Starr on the show. He does want to be in a uh, Ben Studios game. Mm -hmm. Humble brag. You would love to be in Days Gone too. So like, you know, there's just, <laughs> I have like all the memorabilia. Today. You do. You're crushing it today. So, um, you know, it, it's awesome to see Xbox go out there and go, you know, let's try to get Final Fantasy VII Remake on here. Mm -hmm. You know, let's go out there and make, make these deals. And look, you need someone that's that has experience in this background mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, in, in leadership roles to help drive, you know, the business forward. Look, I think there was a lot of hope for Xbox to make bigger ground that they're, than they're making in, in, in uh, Japan right now. But mm -hmm. I think this is how you, you get it rolling. You take some talent from, you know, your competition and you start making those deals. Now, is it ever going to be like a, you know, 50, 50, 40, you know, 60 type of, never. But I think this is a way for them to hopefully increase their market share in the, in the region for sure. Yeah, I, I fully agree with you. And we've had on a number of people to, to XCP that are like former Xbox execs and they talk about just how different the market and the relationships are in Japan from, say, like a European market or a North American market. Um, and, you know, I remember Lord Lanning talking about that and several others that we've had on the show. So it's, I think, good for, for Xbox to have a relationship pre-established with the person that's heading up their partnerships. Yeah. Um, and I really do appreciate, to your point, the continued building uh, and, and kind of reintegration of, of of the japanese market to xbox as a platform i'm very curious to know if they're able to make a dent once their exclusives truly start hitting starfield i think kind of being the first one uh hi-fi rush probably did something but but it was a shadow drop and it's a niche title um yeah. i really want to see what tango brings to the forefront next uh and in short xbox i think is poised better than they ever have been to make a dent in that market I don't know that that's going to matter, right? But if cloud gaming and a, a, a director that's well-established and actual studios in Japan like Tango yeah. and building relationships with Square Enix, Atlas, and and several others, if that doesn't do it, nothing ever will Yeah. at this point. And I think that's, 
Xbox's strategy because like even like PlayStation exclusives for the most part, um, you know, they do fine in Japan, but they don't like kill it right by any means. So like PlayStation for all in, you know, for all intents and purposes is a Western publisher at this point. Mm-hmm. They don't really have the foothold in Japan as they once did either. So like for Xbox, I think your plan is to grow the network in Japan, similar like how PlayStation's trying to do in Canada right now, mm-hmm. right? So I think Tango is definitely something that uh, an, uh, an organization that Xbox wants to grow within mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, get more teams out of and then making those partnerships with Sega and with Square Enix Game Pass deals with them, I think is going to be another big driver in in adoption of Xboxes in Japan. So, yeah. I think that's probably how we're how how they're probably assessing, you know, what their options are there. I think what I'm tangentially interested in is if this Activision Blizzard deal go, deal goes through with the launch of Starfield followed by Forza, with uh, we know they're going to be bringing in uh, Final Fantasy Love at some point yeah. uh, in early 2024, and. In this press release, uh, Cato stated that Xbox is going to be attending uh, what is supposed to be the biggest Tokyo game show ever. Is there an announcement of some kind that continues to build? Because if you had uh, some sort of, you know, Final Fantasy VII's finally arriving or something yeah. like that, right? Next to ABK, next to the newly available console stuff, next to Starfield and Forza, like that's a really good holiday pitch. Or yep. Xbox to make towards consumers. And you could definitely put up a Final Fantasy VII Remix, you know, title screen with an Xbox logo, even if it's like nowhere near ready yet. Mm-hmm. You know, you could just be like, coming soon, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VII Remake. And that will get fans excited. The only thing is like Xbox has to dish out the money to get those things, which mm-hmm. it seems like they're willing to do. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, Rebirth has to be on Game Pass. Or sorry, um, Remake has to be on Game Pass. Like that, yeah. that would get people's, you know, attention. Yeah. Like the final fantasy catalog comes to, you know, Xbox in 2024, something like that. Something. Um, but yeah, I think, I think them being there, having such a strong presence is a good indicator that they are really eager to, to make a dent in the marketplace. I hope so. And I yeah. hope it turns around because we've seen Xbox do a lot of very consumer friendly things next to, and it's in our smaller stories uh next to like playstation plus just went up significantly yep and truly i don't think it's gonna matter much right like it's it's not a consumer friendly thing but i don't think it's gonna matter and that's all due to first party catalog right nintendo and playstation get away with a lot of things that xbox will never get away with i think i think i you said it uh, a couple of times in our chats and i agree with it um PlayStation is conditioning their fans to become more Nintendo like. Mm-hmm. You know, Nintendo gets to do some really weird and outrageous stuff from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get to get away with it because they make Mario and Zelda and Kirby and all mm-hmm. these games that mean so much to, you know, so many people. So, like, they get to get away with making some decisions that aren't consumer focused. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I want to see the pendulums, uh, uh, you know, shift i'm a playstation guy but like i want to see xbox really come you know in and start throwing punches with playstation and see them actually land Mm -hmm. and i think you know when we talk about starfield i think that's what we're about to start seeing yeah 
I think Xbox at the beginning of this generation had some good hits. They landed some good blows on on uh, PlayStation with the acquisition of Bethesda, uh, with the announcements of uh, some of the games that were coming. But then, like they missed the mark with Halo. You know, they struggled with uh, Redfall. You know, th- th- there were some real, real tough content delivery wasn't there, and then so people were like, "Yeah, no, like gifting stuff is great." You know, all these like, you know, you know. Uh, progressive things Mm -hmm. yeah these are great but where's the games Mm -hmm. and again i think we're gonna start seeing that cadence so yeah yeah. i i agree and you know starfield did launch let's go ahead and transition over to that topic starfield has launched to what i would call extremely impressive reviews um for context listeners i am six to eight hours in uh i know i said at the top of the show joe how many hours in are you I would like to say about five or six. Okay, so so, we're, so we are both early on, uh, but in a review roundup, Destructoid and Gaming Bolt both giving it a ten out of ten. VGC and Games Radar both five out of five. Xbox Era nine point seven. Gaming Nexus nine point five. Windows Central four point five out of five. Uh, Shack News nine. Gaming Trend nine. Game Informer eight point five. Uh, PC Gamer seventy five out of a hundred. IGN seven. Gamespot. Oh, we hate them. Oh, gross. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about some media bias in a minute. Uh, I, IGN and GameSpot were both sevens. Boo. The Metacritic right now stands at 88. The Open Critic, 87. Uh, I'm fascinated by this because uh, I will tease listeners for Xbox Wrap Up. Logan told me at this point in his gameplay, he agrees with the seven, uh, yeah. which I do not at all. I'm I'm firmly on an eight based on my very limited time right and i can hear ains rolling his eyes just kidding he doesn't listen to the show oh uh, yeah right he doesn't listen he does he, he, he you know he needs hearing aids to listen yep you know yep. he's old you got uh, it guys <laughs> seeing the before we talk about our experiences seeing the reviews hit like this um i thought was pretty darn good where were you at i think this is a, first off <laughs> hey xbox people welcome to the 88 club <laughs> where all your exclusives just hit 88 yep. um no th- th- this is actually i think if you asked me a few weeks ago i would be like this is a 92 if you asked me you know a week or two ago i would say 85 to 88 and that's mm-hmm. exactly where it's hit so like to me uh i think this is a good barometer if someone Mm -hmm. is taking a quick glance to see is this game possibly worth my time the answer is a resounding yes Mm -hmm. you know yeah no i totally agree i was uh not surprised to see kind of upper 80s in terms of meta and open critic um, which i think are barometers not end all be all no one should be dying on a hill over Mm -hmm. a metacritic score that's dumb um and if you're gonna disagree with the review you should listen to the review and have played it yourself just want to throw that out there. Just read it. Yeah. At least you could do is read it. Yeah. Maybe maybe know what's in there. Yep. Yep. Fully agree. I've watched a lot of people go after Dan Stapleton. Yeah. Right. I love when per- one person's like, why did you even like review it? He's like, well, if you read the first paragraph, you would know why I wanted to review this game. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it's like, it's right there. You didn't read it. You're just sensitive. Yep. Um, Man, I... The discord around the the discourse around this game, Luke, been interesting. It has ever been. since lead up, and you talked about media bias. I would like to know, kind of your thoughts of it all. Um, so I've I've said this on a couple shows. I think for a lot of websites that no longer employ journalists, mm-hmm. but there's this weird kind of in between between content creator 
who they need to be inflammatory to appease algorithms. That's part of that's part of it. If you're a content creator and that's your sole source of income, you need to be commenting on the latest thing, uh, commenting on the most popular thing. And if there's something something controversial, you need a, a, an input on that controversial topic. That's for content yeah. creators. Full journalists are, in theory, uh, separate from their marketing departments, but ad funded. Like they they make their money. Yeah. Uh, usually salaried or, or commissioned, but from ads that run on their sites. And there's this weird nebulous in between that a lot of sites kind of occupy. Um, do I think there is a media bias, like a mass conspiracy against Xbox? Not at all. Do I think that uh, PlayStation has had more games worth continuous spotlights and discussion? Yes. Thus, a lot of content creators and uh, guide uh, write-ups will be about PlayStation games, which means the conversation is a lot more about PlayStation. Um, yeah. So I think that happens, and that's sometimes uh, confused for media bias. But no, if if nobody's interested in a guide on Redfall, they're not going to keep working on it. They're going to keep yeah. working on their their Ragnarok two guide or, or Ragnarok guide or whatever. Um, it has been a slew of unfortunate events for IGN specifically given and and logan broke this down on last week's episode for anyone that's listening uh and missed last week's episode he broke down what had happened but uh, ign has consistently mislabeled titles to not include xbox and that was due to a they're they're missing an engineer basically they're hiring for an engineer a position that's they're trying to fill um and this happens to thousands of games daily as the systems don't talk all the time as far as like sure what's going on and it has been unfortunate because if you have a community that's targeting and looking for something, they're going to find it. But they didn't find that Nintendo wasn't listed on some stuff or uh, the PlayStation wasn't listed here then or Android, etc. So it's frustrating because next to all the other stuff, it does start to look bad and it does raise eyebrows. The seven from IGN and the seven from GameSpot is significantly lower than the rest of the reviews. Does that mean bias? No. Does it mean the reviewer had some qualms that mattered more to them than the others? Yes. Does it, is it, are the sevens an outlier? Yes. I don't advise anybody losing their mind. Pick, pick the reviewers that match your interests and tastes at my limited time. I'm feeling like this is much better than a seven, much better than a seven, despite some serious qualms that I have with it, but I don't see media bias per se. Um, but it is an unfortunate and awkward trend to watch. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I'm trying not to wear the tinfoil hat, or at least not. No, no. It, it. I think you really hit it on the head because I think what well, the problem with game coverage in in a whole, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're writing stuff down, is you're right. You have to contend with being a content creator mm-hmm. and that just idea of content creation mm-hmm. and then juggle it with being a personality, mm-hmm. right? That's really difficult to do. And I see a lot of IGM folks trying the, to juggle between the two. And you're right. I, look, I, I know a lot of folks that work at IGN. They're all swell folks of whom I've met, mm-hmm. but they aren't most of them. Are not like the you know, they didn't they didn't go to college for for journalism, mm-hmm. right? Um, or you know maybe they 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 took a one hundred and one class. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not their, I would say, 
their their typical um thing, right? Mm-hmm. So when when I take a look at like IGN and how they've transformed o- over the years, they're not about reported, you know, reportive like journalism, right? Like that's mm-hmm. actually more towards like the VGC side of things, right? Mm-hmm. They're not breaking the news, they're covering the news as it breaks. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll they'll be like, oh, you know, game, games game industry, industry wrote this, right? Yeah. VGC wrote that. It's IGN's way of of staying out of the crosshairs mm-hmm. of an Xbox, a PlayStation, or a Nintendo, because the last thing you want to do is alienate a partner that is willing to give you money for exclusive content, mm-hmm. right? Like you may be IGN and you're the biggest platform ever, but if you offend, let's just say. For example, Xbox. Well, then Microsoft isn't going to come around with a giant check or opportunity mm-hmm. for millions of clicks mm-hmm. to get an exclusive piece. So you're seeing the real problem is a lot of these sites are dancing around topics. Mm-hmm. Because they are afraid to step on toes. So you really have to think about it. Why would, in Dan Stapleton's right mind, write a hit piece on Starfield um, and possibly alienate a large section of a community to never click on the site again that's Mm -hmm. just not gonna or alienate a partner Mm -hmm. so like his he is a reviewer Mm -hmm. he is the if i'm not mistaken he's the head editor of them he knows what it takes to make a, a a good review and what's a hit piece and his review is what i've actually read isn't that and in fact i think i align a lot with a lot of the issues that he's found mm-hmm. uh, in his game, even just with my short playthrough. So, like, I could sit back and go, though, where I'm at, you know, I am i don't know the number yet, but I don't think it's this. Mm-hmm. But I could see what he, what he's saying and going, mm-hmm. okay, mileage is going to, to, to vary to folks. 100% agree. We actually had Dan on episode 128 of XCP to talk about paid reviews, ad revenues on sites and the balance between them. Um, In listening to Dan's review, I heard a lot of things that early on I am frustrated by. I'm in full agreement with. I think when it comes down to in, if you've listened to critique from any outlet, how much does that critique bother your overall experience? And that's going to be different per player per, per consumer. Um, But you're right. It doesn't make sense to alienate uh, an entire either fan base or uh, partner, financial partner, when you need, you know, financial elements like to, to fund your site. Um, I do think it looks bad consistently when sure. you're missing stuff and like whether you have an engineer or you're missing somebody, or you need to hire whatever it is. It still looks bad. There's an optics problem, mm-hmm. um, but the review score outlier, though, it may be if you've not listened and considered it. You know, so it goes. And we've seen plenty of games that review poorly and sell amazing and sell terribly. That Madden Madden's open critic is like at a 67. Mm-hmm. That game's going to sell millions of copies, mm-hmm. right? Millions yep. of people are going to enjoy it. It doesn't, you know, we, we, we hang too much on this number. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all say we should get, get away from it. But the truth is, if the number ain't there, you're not clicking on it again. Mm-hmm. It's that balance, right? Right. There is also I, I like what you said, and I want to get to Starfield for real in a minute. But like yeah. the balance of being a personality 
uh, versus a journalist or news editor or something is difficult. And I've seen several, uh, what I, what we thought were journalists really push into the personality element on their own personal channels, um, or use their platform to push personal narratives. And that's been a little bit different and frustrating. Um, but I think it's been very frustrating to watch. It's been the landscape, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I like to stick to gamesindustry.biz or um, love him or hate him. Jason Trier tends to report on things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people like that tend to do do right. And so I appreciate the balance, but I feel like I'm constantly having to juggle who said what and why and how and do I care? Do I and I've. I think in the last month I've turned that side off. Mm -hmm. Like I bet there's been multiple controversies leading up to Starfield. I couldn't be bothered to care mm -hmm. at this point. It's just flame in a console war and I just can't be bothered with it. Um, and you have a lot of people that are really hanging on to this being, you know, well, Xbox told me this is going to be the perfect game. So this is a perfect game. Anything <laughs> lower is an attack on me and my person. And that is a huge problem. When I, I want to give a shout out to uh, Dan Stapleton because the man has been getting constant you know, crap mm -hmm. for the last few days. Mm -hmm. And I saw someone at, tell him that he was being unprofessional with his responses to them. And I'm like, understand how entitled you are as an individual mm -hmm. for, for telling this man how unprofessional he is because he's telling you, you didn't read his interview, which you or sorry, his review, which you obviously didn't. Right. Um, and just to attack him because he gave a score of a game that you haven't played yet. Yeah. A, a, a score that you, you thought would have been higher, like yeah. relax, settle down. If this is your number one problem in life, your life's either really sad or really great. Like yep. it's, mm -hmm. It, people have to settle down. My One of my favorite games of all time is Ghost of Tsushima. It's an 82. You want to know why I, I know it's an 82? To make this point, I looked it up on the Metacritic. Yep. I don't care what IGN rated this game. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Yep. So, you know, that's what we have to really... We give too much strength to these numbers and we give too much, too much oxygen to the inflammatory people that make the number is such a big deal mm -hmm. that uh, we're losing, we're losing the sight of it. And Dan's being a, a, a good soldier for sticking it out and standing his ground and, and telling people to F off yeah. when they need to. Yeah. You don't get to make death threats, hear the no. response and then be like, well, you're unprofessional. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you ever worked retail, that entitled employee that comes out up to you after, you know, you're an hour till close and starts giving you issue because, you know, I don't know. Their PS3 doesn't work and they want you to fix it, mm -hmm. you know? And you're like, I'm not, a, I, I don't fix that. I'm just the clerk at GameStop guy. Right. You know, it's just like, it's, it's really, it, you don't get to be inflammatory and then just walk away. I don't Agreed. like that. Yeah. Uh, contextually, and then I want to get to Edward's question and then we'll, okay. then we'll talk about Starfield. All right. Fair, fair. <laughs> Hi-Fi Rush hit an 87. Yep. Uh, that game to me is amazing. Age of Empires 2 had an 86 on Metacritic. Uh, that game's considered a, to be amazing. Ghostwire Tokyo was an 82. Uh, Minecraft Legends was a 71. Redfall, uh, a 56. Starfield, an 88. Age of Empires 4 doesn't have a Metacritic rating yet, and then they have Forza later this year. Um, with the exception of Redfall, I think those are all good to great scores. Yeah. You know, good to great. 
Good you know? to great. That's a great track record to have. Yeah. Most of these games, again, Redfall the Outlier, good to great. Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome. Solid. Yep. I think anybody, the only complaint I think anyone could truly levy is that a lot of them are niche titles, you know? Sure. That's fair. But you know what? I would say that uh, a year ago, Xbox was putting out no titles, <laughs> you know? Yep. So you, you, you have quite, like, you got half a dozen right there, and most of them are great. Yep. Yep. It's like they're becoming the publisher that you want them to be. Some growing pains here or there, but you're seeing them start to make the games that you really want them to make. Agreed. Nice. Uh, Edward Barnell wrote in over on Twitter and said, uh, though some people hate math, uh, why do you think the score average of scores for games bring out a different attitude of a person? Uh, you know, the same arguments and discussion happen with game review ratings. Uh, do you think it's hard to write one with fairness? Um, as far as reviews, reviews are opinions. They're meant to be opinions. That's okay. Uh, fairness and objectivity are not the same thing. Um, and fairness depends on someone's culture, background, where they're from, what they're uh, exposed to. That's a pretty common misconception. Uh, we study that a lot in schools, like what fair and equal and equity, the difference between those three things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the bigger problem is how people react to it. And yep. I think numbers can bring out the best and worst in people because, and Joe, stick with me on this. If I really want to like something and I really like something and then I see a a review or number justifying it, I feel like my purchase is worthwhile. I want to feel like I did the right thing. Uh, If I'm the outlier or frustrated and I'm the guy that liked Anthem, that enjoyed Avengers, (laughs) Crackdown, then I feel like I'm under attack because people didn't like that thing. It's all about validation. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, for example, uh, you know, you want to feel valid in, in, in spending your finite time the way you're doing it correctly, mm-hmm. though there is no correct path. Uh, you want to feel like, and I'm sorry that you might be hearing some hooting and hollering, um, though there is no correct path, mm-hmm. uh, you want to feel like you made the right choice. So a great example to this is an IGN review mm-hmm. uh, of Ahsoka. Now, I love Ahsoka. First three episodes have been phenomenal to me. They're mm-hmm. everything that I want from a Star Wars and Star Wars Rebels fan. But this reviewer gave the the show as a whole, or as of of, of reviewing, a two. Mm. Right? Yeah, like it's terrible, it's bad. I looked at that going, well, how could you look at the production value, take a look at the acting, the direction of it? You don't have to agree with all the... Their overarching uh, view is like you have to watch five seasons of Rebels to get the show, and that's a valid critique. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, that's a very that's an anchor to just the overall package that is sound. So I looked at that review, going, "Well, I disagree with it in its entirety, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, <laughs> entirety, most part, whatever. For the most part, I disagreed with it, but I didn't feel the need to go out there and make that." reviewers life a living hell Mm -hmm. i just know that when i look at a review from let's just say an ign but more so when i look at a review from that reviewer in particular i'm just not going to take what they say as gospel i'm going to find a source that i tend to agree with and i will hang my hat on going yeah this is my reviewer so for example for video games i always go to skill up same Yeah, yeah you know that's that's my guy so I, I love a good 30-minute dissertation of, like, a video game. I mm-hmm. like it a lot. So for me, I, you know, 
I, I just, I just know that that's not the place to go. Mm. And I just move along with my day. I think a lot of people, you know, really weigh reviews with the validation of a purchase or their time spent. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. I think, I think that answers Edward's question and and I'm in agreement. Um, You better be. Oh my gosh, Joe. So uh, personal impressions of Starfield. I want to get to a couple of those. Um, XCP was provided a code. Logan took advantage of that. So I ended up purchasing my upgrade to, to play with early access and Joe, uh, as he talked about earlier, he has early access as well. Um, so jumping into this was very intimidating for me, Joe, because I am not an elder scrolls nor a fallout fan. Oh really? You're neither. Neither. Don't like that. These are not built for me. These are not my kinds of games. Like I even considered starting Everspace two after finishing immortals of avium instead of starfield. But there was something about that start screen that said to me, hey, I'm a quality game and I need to get in there. Uh, <laughs> so so I booted it up and I really was kind of hit with this feeling, this vibe that this is mm. something special. And I really like, really like Starfield based on my six to eight hours uh, yeah. in the game right now. Um I, I'm quite pleased with my time. I've got some qualms, but I feel a sense of wonder and a sense of of quality that isn't present in a lot of games. Did you feel that same like vibe? I, you know, similar, similar vibe. So like I, I got excited for Starfield literally a few weeks ago. Like legitimately like, okay, I cannot wait to get into this game simply because someone made the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. That's how easy I am to 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 sway. And so getting into this game, I'm I'm hit with first and foremost, this is for a Bethesda title, there's so little Bethesda janker bugs. Yeah. Like the game is polished. I've I've only encountered one crash and one uh, weird thing when I opened the door, everything just like exploded around me, mm-hmm. which was funny. Uh, and the crash was due to quick resume. And that was just, again, one little instant. So like overall, the game is is pretty flawless. Again, I'm five hours in. This is all very surface level stuff, but I'm finding myself enjoying it despite some issues that I'm having with mm-hmm. the game. So, like, there are issues. I don't think this game is perfect by no means, but this definitely feels this definitely feels like one of Bethesda's finer products for mm-hmm. sure. It's it, it's intimidating to say the least. Yes. Not just because I'm outside of the genre, but because this game is is big and it's real big and there are a lot of systems that are intermingling right away um the 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 elephant in the room is how frustrating it is to be onboarded into those systems Mm -hmm. in the opening hours and according to the reviews that i've read and heard uh that gets easier as you learn it yeah but onboarding is tough because there's a lot to manage uh in there and the menu system very difficult to navigate as you're being onboarded my wor- or my hope rather though joe is that it's kind of like learning a new operating system when you get that first iphone after being on android or vice versa yeah. once you get it i think it's going to be there cuz i'm seeing a lot of fun gameplay did you did you get frustrated by menus as well yeah i think the menus are the big one of the i think the second biggest issue 
mm-hmm. for me. There is a lot going on in this game. You're right. And I think in terms of onboarding, so for me, I'm a huge Elder Scrolls fan mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like, I love Skyrim. I really enjoyed Oblivion. And I think Bethesda's best onboarding was Skyrim. Mm-hmm. I think it got you in the action relatively quickly it told you everything you needed to know in 30 minutes and then just put you out there into the open world. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it, it, in, in the other side of, of, of the, or the other flip of the coin is I didn't like fallouts onboarding. I always thought it was super long. It was kind of a slog for me. I just want to go out there. I want to kill stuff and, you know, explore the wasteland. I just felt for some reason, fallout just didn't do it for me, mm-hmm. especially for, so that being said, with Starfield, I feel like there's a middle ground somewhere mm-hmm. where they get you into the action fairly quickly. It's not as, for lack of better words, like cinematic as Skyrim. Like there's no like, you know, Alduin coming down, like crashing a tower, but like it teaches you what you the the true basics fairly quickly it gives you a cute little shootout. It gives you a stronghold to like invade, and then it you're you're somewhat off to the open world. It's still teaching you things along the way, but the thing that I feel that is cumbersome is the menu system. Mm-hmm. I just want to switch my guns easy. Yes. And like the weapon wheel just ain't it for me, mm-hmm. you know, um, going into the menu and like selecting favorite and then putting them there. Like that's cute. But like, just give me like a double X, yep. right? Like double X tap. And I got my secondary weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, the jump button is still Y. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Jump should well, never be it. Y. Never. It should never be Y. Never. It should be A every time. Yeah. There are some things in like the ship, like navigation that I was very confused by and that they just didn't tell me how it worked clearly, especially like ship self. I felt that mission so much. Ship, so ship what? Stealth, like not oh, being yeah. detected. And yeah. Um, even just I how I've like, not seen that mission, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Weird. It annoyed me. It annoyed I'm me ahead, greatly. Yeah. I'm ahead in time. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it wasn't a problem for you. Oh. Forza oh. Motorsport coming out yeah. in October. Enjoy. I've been playing it. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like there's just some there's just some cumbersome issues with menus. But like at the at the end of the day, I'm like that could be cleared up with maybe some mod support. Mm-hmm. That could be cleared up in a few like months or so. Like mm-hmm. it's not the it's not the worst thing in the world that like one of my biggest issues is that. There's too many menus. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it is at the end of the day, a pretty small complaint. Um, my bigger complaint though, Luke, again, I think gunplay for Bethesda, this is the smoothest it's been. It feels yeah. great. I don't mind the 30 FPS. I got dumb, dumb eyes. I don't it care took me, if it's. It took me about 10 minutes and I okay. found much to my like atypical for me playing in first person was a lot easier. Yeah, as far as frames per second, because I prefer a good third person. Oh, do you? first person feels it feels like Starfield was meant for first person. I feel like it, as a Bethesda title, I can't do third person. I like that they try, but mm-hmm. if I'm in the ship, like I switch it between first and third. If I'm in a dogfight, it's third. If I'm like just flying around, mm-hmm. it's first person. Interesting. But like the combat is like on the ground, it's fluid. It is yeah. very. Again, it's a Bethesda title, so it, it, you're going to be like, okay, this feels like Fallout without the vats so mm-hmm. far, and that's what it feels like. Then when you get into the space combat, it very much has the vat system in it. 
mm-hmm. which is really cool. So like you get to pinpoint, you know, target the ships that you want to like disable their engines. And like, I just boarded a guy uh-huh. and I thought that was the coolest damn thing ever. It's like, yeah, I could have exploded your ship, but I'm going to see you guys face to face. I'm going to end your lives. Mm-hmm. Um, like those moments are so much fun to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the combat aerial and, and ground is a lot of fun. The issue though, that I have Luke, there is so a surprising amount of loading screens. I noticed that as well. Um, it's funny though, to hear your, your opening hours are very different than mine. I've been in oh, the ground really? and in caverns and taking out, uh, taking out spacers mm-hmm. to try and clear out some areas. So I've not even, I'm a space pilot. That was the, the, the yeah. path that I got. Uh, or chose, but I've been on the ground far more than not. Really? Yeah, no, I chose outlaw. And see, like, this is really cool. <laughs> like, it's these moments that are really cool. So, like, I'm just an outlaw, and I'm just, like, trying to hunt people down. I'm trying to do as much as, like, the mainline stuff as I can, because I heard, like, once you push through that, mm-hmm. you get some of the main stuff out of the way, the world's really open up. But the problem that I find is similar to F- Fallout, and luckily, we got another Forza car coming. Uh, luckily... It's not as bad because we're on a Series S and the loading screens are like five seconds. Mm-hmm. But like I enter a larger building, like a mm-hmm. facility of some sort, and um, I hit, I'm hit with a loading screen. Yeah, right? it's strange because like I'll go into an elevator. Yeah, and there's no animation for hitting it's just the button bo- going screen. down. It's just yeah. Starfield logo back out. Right, and, and that happens a lot. It happens a lot. And then the the most disappointing thing for me, I want to fly that ship all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I think No Man's Sky does a, such a good job of mm-hmm. is like breaking out of the atmosphere into orbit or vice versa mm-hmm. is one of the coolest like things you can do. Mm-hmm. S- Starfield, unfortunately, doesn't have that. So right. you jump into the orbit of a planet uh, and then there are points of interest that you fast travel to. Mm-hmm. So you never see yourself breaking into the orbit. You can't like from what I've seen so far tested because the ship's pretty slow. Um, you can't go around like the planet. It's Mm-mm. kind of like what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like faux space. It's right. not, it's, it's just like a, a hub between, you know, your destinations, which to me is my biggest disappointment. I feel like this is, um, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster ride, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm out of one line to jump into another line and it's a different theme. But like it doesn't feel connected. This feels to me like four fantastic single player games that are pieced together. Yes. And there's no bridge between the pieces. Yes. You want to fly? Okay, we're gonna load you into the flying game. Mm. You wanna you wanna be a pirate? We're gonna load you into the pirate game. Uh, you wanna be like a gun shooter? We're gonna load you into that. You wanna be a diplomat? We're gonna load you into that. And it yes. that's what it feels like. But that I think to any listener who hasn't gone hands-on or is on the fence, I think it's disingenuous because it sounds like we're complaining. These mm-hmm. are minor gripes because the right. loading screens are very fast. Very fast. And I got to say, you like even though, like again, it, it is a disappointment of mine, it doesn't take away from the fact of like when I'm on the ground, like all, like all the parts, though they may be disjointed from each other or separate, whatever, mm-hmm. they all feel great. Yes, they do. <laughs> so it's like it, the only thing is like, man, I would love some connective tissue for all mm-hmm. of these things. But like they all feel really great to do and mm-hmm. take part of. So like even my gripes come with caveats, mm-hmm. which I think is a, a something good to have. <laughs> Big time. I noticed uh, 
that just coming off of Immortals of Avium, which mm. has a stunning use of Unreal Engine 5 and facial animation. Um, yeah. Jumping into this Bethesda game, I was expecting jank and like blocky faces. Faces look pretty darn good yeah. for your main characters and, and they're talking. The lips don't look way, way. I was worried because not having played a lot of Fallout or Elder Scrolls, people are always like the Bethesda jank's the worst. And clearly the year they took, yeah. cleaned up a yeah, lot of the experiences yeah you know? don't get me wrong they still are kind of marionette like mm-hmm. a little uh, bit for but sure it is it is again it is still a bethesda game so like you i feel like that's kind of just a part of their dna mm-hmm. uh and as for like secondary characters go like for example you're playing like jedi survivor there's a character you meet, you go, I'm not going to see them again just by yep. their facial animations. Mm-hmm. Or like, they're not going to be around in the story much longer. Mm-hmm. And here, for the most part, for what I've seen, I'm not staring at puddles for 15 minutes trying to look for problems. Right. Most characters look similar to each other. Yep. So yep. it looks like they're all taking, they're all using that, you know, uh, creator tool. Mm-hmm. Um to 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 map out each individual character which i i like a lot i've heard and i agree with and i feel this and i see this uh if the expanse had a triple a game it It would be very similar to this and i feel that yeah and i like it let me i i put this out on twitter it's called x i'm sorry platform x and um and i i posted something where there is no studio that can make a shotgun feel as good in first person than Bethesda. Have you got your hands on the double barrel shotgun yet? Uh-uh. No. God damn, dude. It's so much fun. Is it? <laughs> it's so, like you just feel the umph behind it. I love the, the little animations towards each of the guns mm-hmm. also help dramatically. Mm-hmm. Just the, the sense of badassery mm-hmm. or just like... um tactile nature like the first pistol you you like use it feels good Mm -hmm. but it also feels like a little dainty Mm -hmm. and when you reload it it just like the 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 back just pops off it's a cute little neat little animation Mm -hmm. um but man the the weapon animations in this game are are a lot of like they're they don't get old yet Mm -mm. um but yeah i'm i'm i don't know man i'm really i'm loving this game i wouldn't you know (laughs) let's Let's call this a segment. Let's annoy our friend Ains. I I don't see this game being like, you know, that 9.5, 10 out of 10 yet. Mm -hmm. But like, to me, I think I'm right there with you. I'm like, this is a great experience. I'm having Mm -hmm. a lot of fun with it. Mm -hmm. And I am, I I actually do like that they haven't, um, they, 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 they weren't out up front with the story because, I'm a big Indiana Jones fan, mm-hmm. and this feels like it's Indiana Jones. It does kind of feel like that in, in space, yeah. like so. I'm just like, <laughs> like Indiana, yeah, whatever. It feels like your your space Indiana, and like the whole story and how it's starting to, you know, reveal itself in the characters that belong to the constellation. I thought the constellation was kind of lame in the beginning, and yeah. as I was like, I really hope they add some like much needed backstory bam the character's like here's some much needed backstory of what we are and it's just mm-hmm. like oh i'm an adventurer before i took an arrow to the knee this is what yep. this is so i'm again playstation guy i'm really enjoying my time with starfield the game that i constantly and i can't help put it 
side by side with is like cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. I um, think there are a lot of comparisons here. Yeah. Cyberpunk's action feels a whole lot better, but this game is, is standing competently. I think they, they took some notes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is, this is a really fun time. I think cyberpunk post like 1.5 update really set a standard. Yeah. And uh, it feels like the delay for Starfield maybe pushed Starfield into close to that realm. Um, I, for my character, we, I joined something called the Vanguard early on. Yes. And it takes you through an orientation hall, which normally I skip that stuff. I was like, no, I need to hear this. And the. I skipped the orientation hall. Did you? So, <laughs> yeah. so I, I stopped and I went and listened. And because I'm not the listener usually, yeah. right? I no, want to go same. shoot stuff. But listening gave me some cool backstory. And then. The enemy that it sounds like we're going to be dealing with for the main story was so cool and an an homage to classic sci-fi. Yeah. Plus horror. I was like, let's go. Like, I'm vibing with this. And that's just a fraction of this game, Mm -hmm. which I dig. Like, there were parts of of a a mission I did that were very much a horror game. And I was like, ooh, like I'm hearing something. Oh, we're going here. Yeah. And then jump out i can go negotiate with pirates or mm-hmm. uh, jump in my ship and board people and, and i've done very little ship combat and that's what i'm most excited about yeah. but i'm having fun and so i look forward to a cyberpunk level update that cleans some of the menus and and yeah. addresses some community concerns but it's not nearly the state that cyberpunk was when it launched no. this is a great video game True. now and mm-hmm. I think people should definitely like if you're on Game Pass, hundred percent. This is and, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, no doubt about it. This game deserves the sales. I saw Steam was like two hundred thousand concurrent. It hit number action. seven on the box charts of the UK. The the premium edition did the uh, the uh, yeah update. the premium upgrade premium or update yeah 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 uh, upgrade was only for Game Pass users. Premium edition is for everybody that's on PC. Yeah, which is wild because that means i mean they just two million dollars just boop, right there boop. you know yeah just- it, this is it's awesome uh again as a playstation fan to have a game from xbox that's unequivocal unequivocally great and there's no cat like there's no like mm-hmm. caveats right like this is just this is just a great game mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like halo infinite was great <clears throat> But the delivery system was so flawed. Right. And it hurt that game's first year or two, right? right? So, like, to see this game come out the gate swinging, this is a must play. Yeah. And if you have Game Pass, you literally have no excuse. Um, yeah. You're talking about it even more, man. I just want to jump in. Why am I here? Same. I get it. I get it. Blame Logan. Also, the internet. Vasco. Vasco's my boy. I haven't seen Vasco in hours. The, uh, I don't know he, why. I've Go got back. Sarah following me around. Yeah, Sarah's a cutie. Uh, respectfully. Yeah. But Vasco, first off, undying loyalty gives you funny little quips. He he is a great combination of RTD2 and, and C3PO. Yeah. Go back to the lodge, pick him up as your partner. Sarah okay. can wait. Sarah okay, so all right, that's what's happened because I'm kind of like sick of Sarah, even though sure. she's she cute. Um yeah. but like respectfully. Uh, Vasco's cool. Like yeah. I, I want the robot following He's my me. Boy. He's my boy. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh let's see here uh volition is shutting down oh boy did you see this i've seen this i've heard about this so uh pretty big news embracer group is closing volition studio volition very well known their most recent game of course was saints row uh which just launched on the playstation plus 
kind of kind of a, a bummer. Uh, the team is now going to be under Gearbox Entertainment. Volition, you know, Red Faction is part of their legacy. This was a bummer to see, and it really kind of sees that like whatever that deal was with, I believe Saudi Arabia was what yep. Kevin Ainsworth was telling me. Um, that deal really did a huge blow to Embracer, who was buying up everything. And I am really bummed to see this because I don't want studios closing. We saw Mimimi yeah. Games shut down. It's a real small indie studio, but they made that Shadow Gambit pirate title that we had them on the show. And it's well-reviewed. It launched the Desperados 3 people, Joe. It launched yeah. the 9.0s and up, and they're shutting down. To see Volition shutting down is kind of like one of those legacy studios. It sucks, man. Yeah, I love Saints Row. One, two, I think they lost the horse a little bit with three. Mm-hmm. But like, it sucks to see them go down it's why i get scared when we talk about like the cons cons uh, the consolidation of the marketplace mm-hmm. it's like sure it, it you know the market's still growing and there'll be new leaders and whatnot but like call me just the old man that doesn't like change mm-hmm. when i see studios that i grew up with closing down mm-hmm. that really sucks but see i don't think it's a consolidation thing because i look at ascendant studios which made immortals of avium sure uh ea helped them publish but like they're they're the thing the game didn't sell well obviously they picked a shit window to, to release it in yeah. um which sucks because that game's good but yeah. and then you see mimi games putting out 9.0s and better they're shutting down like i don't think it's a consolidation problem i think sure. it's the the market's real big and a lot of games are too cheap to enter and if people mm-hmm. have to pay something they get upset which i think is annoying like yeah. you shouldn't be entitled to the best of the best for free everywhere Right. I it's yeah, I think it's the market's becoming you're right. Part of it is the the market is becoming so big. There's so many choices out there. Mm-hmm. Which you're right. Like let's take a look at like Immortals of Avium. I think it's a really fun game, right? Mm-hmm. You're launching a week before Cyberpunk. Or sorry, uh, uh Starfield. Starfield. Mm-hmm. So I got Cyberpunk in the brain. Um so like that is just it's a bad window. Yeah, it's just bad. Uh, you know, Saints Row launched. It was rough, and they took the time to fix it. Mm-hmm. But it it didn't. It wasn't where it needed to be at launch. In in the game, didn't have a, a game like The Witcher to fall mm-hmm. back on. Right, that's why I was thinking of Cyberpunk. Right. So like you know, Cyberpunk launched rough. You know, people wanted refunds, all that jazz. But like cd was able to put the time in to fix that game because right. they knew there's a g- great game in there and the witcher sales continue to get to to keep that company afloat and then some mm-hmm. so you know it, i saw someone go it, it sucks i think it's Armina khan say something along the lines of it sucks where the industry is where you need a big hit after big hit to stay solvent afloat. yeah yeah um and the 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 reason why i get concerned about consolidation is like look at embracer a hundred plus you know 30 plus you know studios it was a weird plan for them to start gobbling these these you know studios all up and then now we're starting to see the fallout of which is like you know you got some people at gearbox losing their jobs you got people at volution losing their jobs it's just Mm -hmm. and uh just really sad to see it is it is So here's hoping shout out to Volition and Mimi and every other studio that's affected at any given yep. time. We appreciate all of you bringing games to gamers yep. uh, sincerely. Uh, and I'll take a moment to shout out 6-1 Indie, Joe, because yeah. they like XCP, a lot of spotlight on indie stuff. And I, I hope people check them out. So 
Um, some smaller topics. We were going to talk about the Skull and Bones beta that, that Logan participated in. I think it was a closed beta, unless he was under embargo, which I don't think he was. Um, I think that was interesting because that game is somehow still a thing. Yeah. Weird. Um, the Series S 1 terabyte is out now for $350. The standard uh, uh, Series S is still $300, but expect those to go on sale for Black Friday. Um, I like that Black Series S, by the way. It looks nice. It does look nice. It's like I have no reason to want this, but I do. Yeah. Like I want that and like the what's like the cool little like battery attachment with the screen. I think it's called like Upspec or something like that. I know what you're talking about. I yeah. I don't know. I want that. For, I want that for work really yeah. bad. And quick aside. Uh, Starfield runs great on a Series S. Yeah. It runs really well on a Series S, which it continuously reminds me, next to all the Baldur's Gate frustrations, mm -hmm. it's like, no, Baldur's Gate is a small team, mm -hmm. and Bethesda is not, you know? Yeah. And there's a different, there's an element, like, why can, and Logan says this a lot, why can Diablo do it? Baldur's Gate couldn't, whatever. Teams, abilities, whatever. Um, but I continue to say that the Series S, for any limitations it has, is still a great way to play your video games. Absolutely. Um, for sure. Uh, yeah, hot take. I like the Series S a lot. Yeah, and part of me thinks take? I should have. So a part of me thinks I should have got that instead of the X. To be honest, are you playing on an OLED? I am playing on an OLED. Then, then Series X is the way to go. Yeah. But if you're not playing on OLED, Series S. All day. Again, real talk. I know we're probably going long in the show, but I've been thinking about picking up a Series S because my my uh, works Wi-Fi isn't good enough to stream, and like after eight o'clock, there's nothing to like legitimately nothing mm. to do. Don't you have a Steam Deck? I do have a Steam Deck, but again, I can't like play Starfield. Well, can I play Starfield on that? Yeah. Is it is it is it Steam Deck? Deck verified? I believe so, but I don't don't quote me. <laughs> don't quote me. Don't okay. quote me because I know right. some listener might be you know right. crazy. Not my realm, but I remember people saying something about it. But I, oh, I'm gonna know, look this up right now. Yeah, look it up because people are playing on their Rog Ally, so I'd have to think it's ready for the deck as well. Yeah, but that's like because like the rog is a different beast. I would never is get it? a rock from what I understand. It eats like SD cards. But let me just see. Let gotcha. See. Um, yeah. While you're looking that up, we had a great question come from famous Seamus who said, uh, by the way, he's the most famous Seamus that I've ever met. Personally. Same dude. Likewise. That's crazy. Look at that guy. Yeah. Um, he says with the SAG after strike likely expanding to include video game companies like EA Activision Insomniac Epic and many others that use studios like VoiceWork production and Formosa interactive. How big of an impact do you think the strike will have on video, the video game industry? Um, significant famous Seamus. I think it'll have a big impact. We are seeing more than ever how important voice actors are to the gaming experience, particularly given how immersive games are expected to be out the gate uh, you know we've had a bunch of, of voice actors on on this show you know jeff seitzer and and uh the agent 47 was on here sissy jones yes. was on here she's in starfield joe just had ben star on we've had star lord on voice like, of mario voice of mario it's a me mario, mario. <laughs> uh, <laughs> voice actors are hugely important to the narrative experience for a video game and i am all for them getting what they deserve. When we had Gritzia Bajos on, she talked a lot about how after voice work for a day, she has to rest and she has to sincerely take the time to rest her voice. And when we had Erica Lynn back on, she talked about how she could not do some of the voice work for several days after a, a tough recording schedule. And that meant her income was going to be impacted. Yeah. So I'm all for them be getting living wages no matter what, because we tend to think of actors as like the Ben Affleck's, the Matt Damon's, 
and the, the people that are making multi-million dollars. But hey, no, man. how many shows are there that are just kept afloat by regulars that are that are just end to end? So I believe fully the gaming industry will be impacted. And I would expect the majority of studios to be supportive of their their actors. I believe this crazy theory, Luke. All right. I, I hate to get political. Oh, boy. But if you live if you work a 40 hour job, mm-hmm. you should be able to live your life. Uh you shouldn't have to take second jobs. I work with a lot of awesome folks that have to work two, three jobs just mm-hmm. to keep bread right on the table. I don't mm-hmm. think that should be the case. I think one should always be enough. And when it comes to actors, um, yeah, they're incredibly talented. I can't do an ounce of what they're able to do. Mm-hmm. This is gonna ha- though have huge ripple effects in the industry it's going to enable unionization that we've seen uh in games unlike anything before because what these actors are going to want are residuals from the game sales and game streaming Mm -hmm. and um currently devs don't get those residuals they get like bonuses if the game does well at launch but after that game's launches you know it's not it's not yours anymore. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see devs, the fallout of it, you're going to see devs going, hey, where's my residual check for game X, Y, and Z here? Mm-hmm. Why does you know Ben Starr get one, but I don't? Mm-hmm. And that's what you're going to see the fallout being. It has huge ripple effects. And if I'm in the games industry right now, I'm very scared because unlike you know film and TV, um, you don't have that much leeway if you know if you're making a huge AAA game, for example, Ghost of Tsushima Two, right? Um, that game's being worked on. All of a sudden, I don't have any voice actors. That that production, you would think, just kind of halts. Mm-hmm. So they're under far more pressure to get these games out on time than ever before. So you're gonna see workers are gonna have way more power, or realize they have way more power than. Uh, than they think they do. I uh, fully agree. I think more and more, like when I look at Disney's Bob Iger getting frustrated with the actors, I'm like, shut up, guy. You're making how much money? When I see Bobby Kodak's trash self making so much money and then the voice actors or the developers don't, it's like the money is there. It just needs to be a little bit more equalized. And if anyone feels the need to storm the Capitol over that, I think Joe's setting up a meeting Next week? Right. Next week, yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. There, there After go. Gary's dentist appointment, we're going <laughs> to really take this country back. Oh, gosh. All right. Uh, let's see. I think Our shaman's he- got a bum knee, though, so maybe after his <laughs> That's a physical deep cut, therapy. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm here for it. I know that joke. Stand back. Stand by. You know, oh. Gary's got a bum knee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. I have got, uh, I think that's going to be it for us this week. I've got several things to tell you guys before we exit out. But first, Joseph Moran, you came in in a pinch and, uh, I know I and Logan are grateful to you. Uh, would you please let people know what's going on over at the trophy room and where to find you on social? What is going on? All right. Well, first and foremost, uh, my name is Joseph, AKA Mr. Badbit. Uh, you can hear me almost on a weekly basis. Talk trash about Luke lore over (laughs) on the trophy room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players where each and every Thursday, me and my best friend, Kyle talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation. You can even catch us the night before on Wednesdays at 8 PM Eastern standard time um and you can find us you know apple 
Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. If you rate us five stars on any pl- podcast platform, share it to us at PS Trophy Room. You're entered to win a Spider-Man 2 DualSense controller. And now, as well, I'm going to announce it. It's the first time I'm announcing it. I have a second Spider-Man 2 PS5. Now, you might say, Joe, why is this? Why is this? Because we are going to be giving it away on Extra Life. So make sure you're following me at Mr. Badbit as more details come to light on how I could drop controllers. Uh, (laughs) Was that the Final Fantasy one? Oops. Uh, Sorry, Kyle. Uh, How you can enter to win a PlayStation 5 Spidey console. Yeah, man. All going to a good cause. All going to a good cause. I can't wait. We need to we need to talk. I need to help you out with that. Um, as far as extra life goes, we'll talk. Uh, oh, absolutely. We we got plans. Nice. Nice. Uh, guys, you can if you're so if you're so inclined to support XCP over on patreon.com slash Xbox expansion pass, it would mean the absolute world. And I will tell you right now, if you are uh, in the world of gaming and you need a community that is not going to attack any consoles and they're going to celebrate and be kind and be supportive. The, our discord is just so welcoming and loving and i could not be more proud of uh being a part of them yeah, they even accepted you which is nuts oh my gosh um sincerely if you if you need a place to hang uh check out our patron discord it's genuinely quite special um and then of course if that's not something you're able to do and you wanted to support xcp you can always rate five stars on your pa- podcast platform of choice itunes po- uh, spotify whatever it is uh go over click like on the youtube side leave a comment that really does seem to help the algorithms um mm-hmm. and if you are interested in a copy of the making of karateka i have one to give away just let me know uh and i'll be happy to send one out because uh, we want people to play and enjoy video games wherever they can. You can find me on the socials at Insipid Ghost. Uh, I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. Thank you, Joe, for joining me. Take care, everybody.